This week's Major Spoilers Podcast Saturday Edition brought to you by Kent Dawdering Heinison, Travis Lampy. I love that name, by the way. I think Lampy was the name of the little lamp at the beginning of the Pixar movies. Ian Brad and James Howard. In equal quarters, this one goes out today. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 409 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad you could join us. Remind me later to tell you how I uh, got introduced to Atari <laughs> Force. Good thing was I recorded that, so I will include it at the end. <laughs> I thought it was a good story. Hey, major spoilers crew. Especially the way I told it. (laughs) Hey, major spoilers crew. You aired my call at the Road on the Road of Kings podcast. I was the guy talking about Chameleon Circuit, the time traveling rock band, as Stephen put it. Chameleon Circuit is a band who writes songs solely about Doctor Who. I stumbled upon them while working on a school project about chameleons. Remind me to tell you about the time that I got introduced to Atari I Force. Stumbled over a <laughs> I was stumbling over a chameleon. Uh, they were the reasons I started watching Doctor Who. I thought I would I would share this with you guys. I would recommend their songs an awful lot of. Oh, I would recommend That's their songs, the songs, comma an awful lot of running to do and blink. I love your show that keeps me going through the week. That's Zach from Indiana. <laughs> so Matthew, have you ha- taken the time to go look up? Uh, Chameleon Circuit, or are you familiar with them since you are our semi-resident Doctor Who? I am unfamiliar with Chameleon Circuit. Now, I was familiar with uh, the Time Lords, who also recorded yes. ALF back yes. in the 90s. I have their tape. Which one? Uh, the uh, Doctor in the TARDIS one. Do you have the really cool one, uh, 3 AM Eternal, one of the greatest songs ever written by man? I don't, you know, I got rid of my uh, cassette player a few years ago. So oh, I could you tell you? I have a cassette that. player in the Chrysler, and I got to tell you I'm that sure, album well, still your, holds up. Your, your Chrysler is from 1982, back when tape. My Chrysler were new, is from 1991. Thank oh, you. Oh well, there you go. Uh, no, uh, uh, um, uh, um, the KLF. The KLF. Uh huh. I, I had uh-huh. a little uh, uh-huh. tape player, and when I, during the summertime, when I was out mowing grass, I just would listen to the Doctor and the Tardness like on a nonstop loop the entire time. That's funny. Yeah. What about you, Rodrigo? Have you uh, heard about these Chameleon Circuit people? You're into music. Uh, no, I haven't heard of them. Although it seems, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a thing that you write songs about, Doctor Who is a really good idea because it can be high concept and it can be funny and it can mm-hmm. it has a lot of stuff going mm-hmm. for it. So you know, if you were going to do like. You know, even something like Firefly or something like that, you know, you could really only get so many songs out of a show that was only on for, what, two seasons? Yep. But you can always go back and find more stuff in Doctor Who, and you can do stuff for the show, and you can do, like, kind of meta stuff, like, call something, that Cybermat is really a remote control car, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. You could do ballads, you could do hard rock. uh... Sure. You can uh, anthems. you can write a song to every companion, write a song to every incarnation yep. of the Doctor, and you can write a song that features the Daleks, uh, really bad Daleks, uh, traveling through the uh, countryside. Mm-hmm. Gallifrey, who, it's the place who, where Doctor travelers who, like to stay. Have you guys heard of the group Kirby Crackle? Rassilon is made of chrome today. Oh, I'll return to Gallifrey. I'm sorry, what? Kirby Crackle? You, yeah, I've heard of the group Kirby Crackle. I am familiar with them from this cool website I frequent called MajorSpoilers.com. Yes. Do you guys like this concept? I mean, we. I mean, that's kind of how the uh, Friday sing-along got started was because there's all this music out there 
diving into the pop culture stuff. I mean, uh, Ukla the Mock, whose song we used to have featured mm-hmm. in the podcast when we first started. Stop talking what, what about is it called? comic they, is it called nerd rock? I'll what's it called? You. Yeah, what's I think it's called, called. Generally, the genre is called filk music. It actually. Uh, oh, filk. That's right. Yeah, it's been around for for some time. Filk, filk Fishman. I think filk originally came out of uh, sci-fi fantasy stuff like the Lord of the Rings. But I would I would definitely quantify uh, Ukla the Mock as a filk band. What about because, Kirby Crackle? Oh, for certain. Basically, it's kind of like. It's it's essentially what if you took folk music and nerdy nerdy references and maybe a little bit of science mm-hmm. and you kind of stick it all together and then you put it you know you put a nice beat and then you can dance to it. What what do you prefer, Rodrigo? Filk music or nerd rock? Um, I tend to not prefer either because. Uh, aside from very specific songs, like there's some songs by Ukla the Mock that I absolutely love and will actually listen to like their actual songs. Right. But unfortunately, a lot of this music is real novelty music. There's not mm. much to it. And once you listen to it a few times and the joke is done, there's no mm. real reason to listen to it anymore. Like Weird Al? Um, yeah, hey. kind of like Weird Al. <laughs> Except, you know, some of, again, some of Weird Al's original stuff is actually oh, yeah, yeah. really good musically. Yeah, his first album. Awesome. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's some stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, as a, as a genre, I don't really much care for it, but again, you know, there's some real gems floating out there. So every once in a while, I'm not saying I'm going out of my way to listen to filk or nerd rock, but occasionally you'll have some stuff like Kirby crackle that'll pop up or this chameleon uh, circuit that, uh, has some good stuff or like MC Chris, you know, the nerd core school. Mm -hmm. I, Mm -hmm. I think that that. It's nice to have that because it really does kind of undermine the the subculture and give it anthems that we can get behind. You know, E equals MC squared, whatever it is that you're into, you can find somebody who's ready to sing and nerd out about it or, you know, rap and nerd out about it. But it it also has a thing where it helps to it, it has that uniting kind of feel to it where, you know, five nerds in a room can start singing the theme from Super Scroll. And people oh. can all join in, and you get, yeah. I yeah. love the last part where they're like, dang. I don't I know have why it's got, there. my son has inspired a new Major Spoilers video coming up soon. I don't know what gets into this kid's head. It, it's <laughs> fun. Kids are so fun sometimes. But you said Super Scroll, and it reminded me the other day he had on his Captain America, no, he had on his Spider Man outfit, right? Mm-hmm. The, the little costume that he wears. He had uh, the Captain America shield in one hand. Thor's hammer in another hand and a Wolverine mask on. <laughs> the only thing that was missing was a flaming foot and uh, <laughs> the transformation would have been complete. So yeah, it's uh yeah, there's going to be a video featuring the boy as his own version of super scroll. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, dear major spoilers, longtime listener, first time writer. My name is Gene. Bob And I listen to your show all the time. So first and foremost, thanks for your nonstop entertainment. When listening, I feel compelled to object out loud from time to time with someone's argument. But all in all, that just means you guys provide a very engrossing experience. When he says someone, he means you, by the way. And when he says engrossing, he doesn't mean the end part or the ing part. (laughs) 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 So he's definitely. So Matthew provides the gross experience. Okay. Yes. I'm actually writing about the little bit you guys did on Kickstarter, talking about some of the more successful Kickstarter campaigns as of late. I'd actually like to note that recently there was, uh, in fact, a game developer that had a game they wanted to produce, but basically none of the publishers wanted to fund him. The guy's name is Tim Schaefer. And the cre- uh, the creator of the Monkey Island game series, and a series that's gone on for quite some time now. Uh, first one dating back to the 1990s. I wanted to make a little game. Eight. Oh, he wanted to make a little game for four hundred thousand uh, dollars. Within eight hours, he hit that, and within twenty four hours, he broke a million. It currently has over two million dollars, which is uh, which it hit at hit at around the end of the first week and sort of capped out there. Point of this email is that it's, this is a perfect example of telling the publishers that their lack of faith resulted in their lack of great investment, and now the money is all going to the developer and his crew. He didn't think he'd make it, and if you went to check the different pledge tiers, they're mostly humorous and done for laughs. However, it was a huge success, and now they have $2.3 million for a $400,000 project, which I can only guess that they're trying to figure out how to spend most of it. Anyway, keep up the great work. 
and insert my witty statement here. Keep up the great work and tell Matthew to stop. Uh, something, anyway, something from Gene. Anyway, keep up the good work. Good. Screw Steven. <laughs> anyway, keep up the good work. And when I said engrossing, I meant not the N and not the O <laughs> from Gene. Well done. There Bruce. you go. Well done. All <laughs> right. So Kickstarter. Uh, a couple of other uh, big campaigns have come up as of late. Uh, yep. Zenoscope Entertainment um, just kind of came out of nowhere with two things. First, they've got like a weekly uh, series, a comedy series going on where it's kind of like an inside look, a humorous inside look at a fictionalized comic book company, which just so happens to be Zenoscope Entertainment. And so it's humorous. We've run a couple of the episodes up on Majorspoilers.com. But their Kickstarter campaign is to do an animated series of Grimm's Fairy Tales. And I, I'll admit, I went ahead and contributed because I thought it was a great idea. And the cool thing about Kickstarter, again, is if it doesn't meet its, its pledge amount, you're not out the money. So it's kind of a win-win. And if you really believe in something and you do have to pledge, well, win-win again, uh, especially with the the different tier rewards. The interesting thing about the Kickstarter campaign is I was talking to my students uh, just a few days before it closed, like four days, and they still had something like $80,000 to go. And this was, I think, a 30-day campaign. And I didn't think that they were going to make it. But lo and behold, people came through and they overshot the amount needed. And so if you really have a good idea, I, I, maybe one of these times we need to talk about failed Kickstarter projects. Um, but everyone that I've been involved in has has succeeded. And if people really believe in a product and you have a product that is worth selling, uh, people will buy it. And Kickstarter, again, I think is a great way to do this. Uh, you guys probably haven't contributed to any Kickstarter campaigns or have you? I have not. What about you, Matthew? Uh, yeah, no. I donate to charity. The Matthew charity. Um, I, what? <laughs> um, Help underprivileged Matthews. <laughs> Send your money to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Don't do that. He won't give it to me. Oh, please. Um, <laughs> no, I really won't. I know. That's what I just said. <laughs> Uh, have you guys seen any failed Kickstarter? Do you guys go over to Kickstarter at all and check out some um, stuff that they yeah, have there was on the there? one about uh, the guy with the wanting to send a cat to the moon? I don't think anybody gave him any money. Oh, really? Um, yeah, we need to get uh, D Brian to call in to talk about Kickstarter because Kickstarter is one of the things that he goes to and he just hangs out on the Kickstarter site really? and sees and looks for awesome things that he thinks are awesome and sometimes gives money to them. Really? Nice. Yep. That's that's what that's one of the like D and D Brian doesn't talk thing. much during Critical Hit really, but he is a wellspring of like random internet and pop culture knowledge. Just not for very specific things like we are necessarily, <laughs> but he's like he is he's just so in tune with that section of the internet that yeah. uh He's like an avatar thereof. Yes. Well, maybe we'll have to get him to uh, to call in uh, once a month or something with some of the cool Kickstarter campaigns that he's seen. <laughs> totally. Oh, no, I, th- I think that could be a thing. Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, I've been listening to the podcast, and you spoke about barbecue, and then Matthew uh, tried out his Irish accent, which is more like faux Scottish. I'm lies. from Lies. That's My faux Scottish right accent is more like this here. This is fake Scottish. And fake Irish is a little more higher and back. Nasal wine is a very important touch. I am from Glasgow. <laughs> Let me fill you guys in on Glasgow. what barbecue means in my country. Okay. We don't so much have barbecue as have a barbecue. A barbecue is food, typically sausage and burgers cooked outside in a garden over hot coals. It's basically charred meat cooked outside. Yeah, that's what a barbecue is. We do it yeah. here too. Yeah. In Scotland, it's not so much a style of food like Italian, Chinese, or Thai. Uh, because or barbecue relates to having a barbecue. Right. Now I much prefer the U.S. idea and love that style of barbecue. I never knew each state had its own style. Sure. Love the show, yada yada yada. Martin, right? So you gotta love I mean, those uh, New Hampshire barbecue where it's, <laughs> where it's, it's all uh, like pudding and goat meat. Yeah, um, Wisconsin style barbecue. Oh, um, cheese curds. Yeah, uh, it's all cheese brats. Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, having a barbecue also means the same thing in the United States. It's just that 
then there's the then there's barbecue sauce and barbecue sauce is such a big deal in the US it really is mm-hmm. that you know when somebody says what is the best barbecue Americans automatically realize that you're talking about you know meat right. but With what that flavor. barbecue sauce mm-hmm. and seasoning is going to be on yeah. top of it mm-hmm. that's that's what Americans mean if you throw a- an article in front of it if you say let's have a barbecue then they're like, oh, yeah, I'll bring the burgers or whatever. And mm-hmm. honestly, I have most of the time when you have a barbecue, you don't have barbecue, right, except right. except uh, you might bring barbecue sauce to put on your burger. But right. actual barbecue takes so like, you know, with, with the hours, sauce and the thing hours, and the flavor takes forever to make. You have to like slow smoke it or cook it or whatever. Um, for so long that it's not really convenient to invite your friends over yeah. for barbecue. Uh, and a lot of barbecue is smoking, mm-hmm. is the smoking process, not just the sauce that you put on it, although that is part of it. But doesn't Rob like barbecue barbecue, not like just throw it on the barbie kind of barbecue? Uh, yeah, Rob's big into all kinds of American food and also just food. <laughs> yeah, food is good. <laughs> we, uh, I, I will occasionally trek into Kansas City for the sole purpose of having Kansas City barbecue. Oh yeah, did you go to uh, go to the Fifth uh, of Metcalf? The uh, yeah, is it Jack Stack or whatever it is? Jack Stack. And there's that one. I want to say I keep thinking Tim Hortons, but I don't think yeah, that's Tim right. Hortons is another one. Uh, I I don't remember. It's out in like the Legends area, but I'm just like, give me lots of the meat foods, <clears throat> which is good, you know. Tim Hortons is the donut restaurant, though I think. Yeah, yes. not Tim Horton. It's like Tom, Tim, Collins or, yeah, Tim Hortons is a breakfast place. Oh, okay. What's the, what's the, the yeah, it's damn fine barbecue donuts. Yeah. With bacon on them. Mm. But I, I resent this mockery of my Scottish accent because it's not terrible. Yeah, I that's steal right. it from Craig Ferguson. I would say that Matthew's Irish accent sounds more like a Welsh cat that's trying <laughs> to learn how to speak. Hi, I'm offended at you. How dare you mock me accent, sir? This is exactly how my wife, whose maiden name started with Mick, taught me how to speak the fake Irish. And let me tell you something else. If I was speaking Spanish, my accent would be just as terrible and just as exaggerated. So you can shove it up your blarney, mister. With the haggis. (laughs) I come from a long line of fake Irishmen, and I will not have you insult my rich... Fake ex, fake Irish heritage. <laughs> My people are mock Swedish. Uh, Peterson, what does that stand for? The son, uh, of, Peter, son of that. Peter, yes. Yeah. Like Schleicher, one who schlikes. No, it actually stands And Lopez w- is actually uh, candy really close to the ground. <laughs> Hi, Stephen, Matthew, and Rodrigo. <laughs> I had to work for that joke. (laughs) It was pretty good. I thought I would chip in about my experiences being new to a sub subculture and what I encountered. I often visit my local comic book store looking at toys and it's so on, but always steered clear of the comic section for fear of being looked down on due to not having a big knowledge of comics and having never bought a comic before. Finally yesterday, and this was about three months ago, I bit the bullet and went down there looking at all the covers of the books. I know the names mainly due to you guys reviewing them. In the end, I took to the counter Batman Nightfall part one, uh, and Fables Book 1, the deluxe edition, I was expecting a sigh on the guy's face when I put Batman down due to the new film being closely tied to it. But instead, we ended up having a five-minute chat about how awesome Batman is and some of the comic uh, and some of the current comic book news. When Rodrigo talked about examples of being positive, that was exactly the same situation I found myself in. And now I have no worries about going back and picking up the rest of that storyline. Thanks for getting me interested in comics. Callum from the UK. P.S. Fables is awesome and the art is amazing. Callum's name is awesome to speak in a fake Irish accent. His name is Callum. And that, I think, is the positive experience that you want to take away from the store. And it's what, you know, what I try to deliver if I'm ever interacting with people. Somebody came in the other day and started asking me about specific appearances of Venom. Don't love Venom. Don't hate Venom. Don't really care about Venom. But I know me some Venom. And he's like, you know, do you have a copy of Amazing 300? Yes, I do. Do you have the one What If where Spider-Man doesn't give up the costume? Uh, yes, it's right over there in my 50-cent bin. You know, and we, we had a discussion and we talked about the awesome stories featuring Venom and how, you know, the character of Venom actually came out of the arc, uh, the Sin Eater arc where they murdered Gene DeWolf and, 
things that I know about the Venom and trying not to make him feel bad because he wanted to read about Venom. You know, the nerd, the nerd violence must stop. Do you ever find yourself, though, Matthew, because we've had you on the show for a number of years. Mm-hmm. There are some things that you just totally don't like. Oh, do you yeah. ever, like when someone comes in and goes, do you got that new issue of Wolverine that I've just been dying to get? It's like Wolverine is the best and I love Wolverine and Old Man <laughs> Logan. It's probably the seminal story of, of Wolverine ever. Uh-huh. Do you ever just go, ah, it's over there in the back issue bins. Not at the store, no. Now leave me. Matthew That's is, like, uh, Matthew's proficient with what, with, uh, the techniques the Green Berets use to, like, divert pain. So when somebody does that, he, like, punches himself in the leg really hard. <laughs> and then he is able to continue. Well, and it, it's kind of like there there are things where, you know, those who are in the know know that I work in a call center. And sometimes in a call center, they'll say things like, you can't have any call more than eight minutes long. Well, what do we do? Make them hang up at eight minutes and call back. I have to tell... 20 people on my team okay when we hit eight minutes you guys need to go ahead and you know make the call back and i know that that is a bad idea and i know that it's going to be overturned when somebody realizes what a bad idea it is but at that point in time it is my job to put the brave face on the corporate line so i'm well versed in not letting people know what i'm actually thinking so if somebody comes in and they're like who you that deal man logan i can have a discussion about what I like about Mark Miller's art or what people have told me they really like, or, you know, the moments where it's like a T-Rex venom. That's a cool moment. I'll admit that's a cool moment. It's not worth 2750 and it certainly doesn't make for a story, but I can let them know. Yeah. You know, that was a cool book. And people said this and my friend Rodrigo really liked it because he likes T-Rex venoms. That is the experience you want to have in a comic store. It should not be, exclusive it should not be oh you're one of the bad nerds i don't think i've ever been into a store and had that experience i'm I'm trying to think to good stores i was actually in the store the other day and uh, on sunday we have magic the gathering tournaments i am not part of the magic subculture but i understand enough of it to get arrested which is my phrase for, you know, I can have a casual conversation about, you know, Jace the Mind Weaver or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> and uh, I'll, we'll be talking and some guy was going on and on about how he had this one card and he knew about this card that turned all of his characters into vampires or turned all of his creatures into vampires. And Chris, the guy behind the counter who is to magic what Matthew is to the back issues, was like, I've never heard of that card. I'm not sure I know that card. And he was trying, you know, to get him to say hey what's up with this card because i don't think it exists and finally we're having this discussion i'm like really what color is that card and he's like oh it's black and i'm like okay and i'm like do you remember the name of it and he's like no somebody told me about it on the internet i'm like oh so you haven't actually played it and he he went off on a tangent about this for another five minutes and then ended the sentence with something about how he wanted to stop the conversation before the nerds got into it wow And I'm just like, man, you have alienated your own Magic the Gathering nerd friends. And you don't even realize that we're at this point now. So I guess, you know, I don't believe that anybody is really capable of 100% objective self-assessment. We're all the nerd. We're all the guy in the corner talking too loudly at some point in their life, you know. But I think that trying not to actively... Be that guy. Be the, well, we know about all those other nerds. We're the cool nerds. That doesn't help either. We are the cool nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we the cool. Speaking of Magic the Gathering, this week a, a box came in from Wizards of the Coast. It has <laughs> it a big is. magic sticker on the outside, Rodrigo. Oh, I am not there. I sense another Major Spoilers unboxing. Which is a lot better than the major spoilers on pantsing, and yeah. you won't be showing anybody that video. Uh, I'm not wearing pants right now. <laughs> Stephen, Matthew, and Rodrigo, I just finished listening to your discussion on episode 397 about the Forbes Geek Girl article. Growing up, I never fit in for a variety of reasons. I wasn't good at sports. I didn't listen to the cool music. I was homeschooled for a few years, and according to my classmates, I wasn't from my hometown despite the fact that I'd moved there in third grade. I had a million reasons that I didn't fit in, and I kept the fact that 
that I was a comic book fanatic secret because I knew it definitely wouldn't help my cause. I never had any real friends until I got to college, and it even took them a while to accept me for who I was. I guess my point is that I have just as much right as anyone to claim to be a nerd, a geek, or insert your social label here. And I have, and I have suffered socially from being so. But in the end, you can pl- complain all you want. It's no different than the rest of life. It's just a side effect of human nature not that different from racism. To a degree, everyone fears what they don't understand and ostracize those different from themselves. The majority look down upon minority, and the more minority are proud uh, of their individual individuality, even if they are afraid to admit it. It just seems odd to me that people haven't figured this out yet and think that the geek issue is new or different from any other case of favoritism or elitism. It seems a pretty clear-cut case of general humanity humanity to me. People have a need to feel special, and when people encroach upon their territory, they panic and start to point out the flaws in others. In the words of Popeye, I am what I am. I may not be into your particular brand of geek, but we're all in this together. Why can't we just all get along? That's our friend John Doe. Well, John Doe, I I think the response is you are absolutely right. And I would like to add only one thing when it comes to the majority, and, and it's the words of the great philosopher and poet Dennis D. Young, who said... If you think your life is complete confusion because your neighbors got it made, just remember that it's a grand illusion, and deep inside we're all the same. All the same! Done. Thank you very much. All right. There you go. Um, I think this one from Bronco also <laughs> talks about that. I told you. Bronco. Call me Bronco. Bronco's Sorry, a cool guy. Bronco. He is. And he's also the size of ten cool guys. He is bigger than the size <laughs> of ten cool Bronco guys. One time, Bronco wrestled a twister to the ground and. If gave I it remember a correctly, this is how cool Bronco is. He rides a motorcycle, and he works in a nuclear facility. Yep, in Canada <laughs> yes. at and the he... same time. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's how he. That's how they keep it cool. He, he, just walks, he just walks in the building and it instantly keeps the... I yep. just have this image of Arthur Fonzarelli walking in and bleep, 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 bam, with the fist. And everything's fine. Yep. Hey. It's so cool that when there is a meltdown, they actually use him as a cooling rod. They just lower him <laughs> into, the, uh, into the uranium and it cools yeah. down. Uh, So Bronco writes, I think the Forbes article is merely showcasing one of the unfortunate sides of human nature. Very few of us have the misfortune to display that in such a public way as the Forbes magazine. I think it's great that you guys dedicate so much of your time to the show to talking about it. Pointing out bad behavior like this is important, and it definitely made me think of times when I've not been so charitable with my opinion of others around me. And then he points out uh, when he goes to the gym with the New Year's resolution crowd. I get frustrated when the extra people clogging up everything knowing that most of them will not be here in a month. I have had to tell myself to just relax and that it's a good thing since some of these people will stay and at least all of them are making an effort. However, as much as I don't want to have to admit uh, that for a moment, it does make me feel smug and superior. Your discussion really pointed out to me that one of the main reasons I've listened to the Major Spoilers podcast since 2008, you guys really never do this. I'm not the biggest comic fan, but I never feel like an outsider when I listen. Major Spoilers podcast is incredibly inclusive considering the depth of knowledge you guys obviously have. Great discussion. Keep up the great work. See you in Salt Lake City for Nerdtacular 2012 Bronco. Well, you would say that, Bronco. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to to a certain degree. I think that the major spoilers podcast and the, the tri host, the maiden mother crone, if you will, have in fact been to varying degrees, partially shaped or at least helped to be shaped by the expectation that they're the ones out. And I don't think it's necessarily something that I walk around every day with, you know, my, my big hurt shame and cry like Morrissey, but yes, I think that we all have that, and there's no reason to have a podcast that is designed to reward only the five people who get the in-jokes. We reward the five people who get the in-jokes by making the in-jokes so far in that you had to have been living with me in 1994 to get them. But then we also try and make it you know, available to just everybody. As I said on Twitter earlier this week, I'm beloved in Finland and in the Philippines. No, really, the major spoilers podcast, Matthew, is just about me talking to people that I like. Mm. Douchebag. And I like everybody. Yay! Douchebag. You know, another, uh, another important thing here is that it's okay to feel a little smug. I mean, if you 
have biceps the size of Broncos, then you should be proud of them. I yes. mean, I'm pretty sure I saw I him I... crack a walnut with them just <clears throat> by touching them. Like, he didn't actually flex. Yeah. He just got the walnut pretty close to them, and, and the it just disintegrated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it took its yeah. own life. <laughs> in preparation. <laughs> well, and you know, I was at I was at my comic store and you know, I spoke about the guy who nerded out the other nerds. I did that myself because we were talking uh Chris and I and I said something about the coolest thing I'd seen in a while and he's like what's that? And I pulled out my my smartphone and I showed him a few seconds of the uh Sentai 199 Heroes battle with all the Power Rangers who had ever been Power Rangers fighting together against the evil Zangyak Empire. And he kind of blinked and looked at me like I had just told him the story about my 35th level Paladin Assassin right. with mage abilities and fire breath. It was clearly a moment that I was nerding out in a way that no one else would. I was aware of it, <clears throat> but I still want him to watch it and see how awesome it is to see, you know, 200 Japanese people going, Kiai, all at once. Somebody, somebody on Twitter, I think today, um, or I, I guess, well, technically not today, because this is coming out on Saturday. Four so a few days, days ago. ago um, was like, hey, I was wearing my critical hit shirt when my baby was delivered. Uh, would healing be a, or would uh, delivering a baby be a heal check or a nature check? And I was like, <laughs> well, I would just have the person roll whatever's highest, but also this is the nerdiest tweet I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and it would so clearly be insight. So one of the, yeah, uh, you saw that coming in, in that way. Uh, here's the thing that I don't understand, especially going back to this geek um, argument and the comic book shop and really more importantly, the thing that happened a week ago, free comic book day. I really do not get the shop owner or the people that work at a comic book store who get upset and bothered that people are coming <clears throat> to get free comics. Oh, I can't believe how crowded it's going to be today. And, Oh, I can't, I don't want to go down there and, and have to deal with all these people. And, Oh, what a hassle the free comic book day is. Holy crap, dude. That's what's keeping your store open to an extent. Well, There's more traffic and you should be embracing those people. Let me not ask rolling your eyes and, and, and complaining. Let me ask you this. As we roll into graduation week, knowing that it means the oh, graduation's over by the time listeners hear this. Okay. And thank God it is the <laughs> successful matriculation of people who you've nurtured and helped to nurture for over four years. And it's a big, you know, a big, big thing for them. Do you not have that, that occasional feeling of that one's graduating and, I'm perfectly fine with that, and maybe the world is a little bit of a better place. Or, you know, when Rodrigo is is wandering through the feedlots and and uh, horse farms and I don't know grain elevators, whatever Rodrigo does, I, I'm not really sure what his job is. Um, <laughs> when wander, Rodrigo wander, wander through agriculture, that's my that's my job. When Rodrigo is knee deep in cow feces with a camera on one shoulder and a you know a box of wine in the other. Do you ever say to yourself, man, I don't think I can ever edit another cow show. And then you realize that's where your bread and butter is. There are days when I go into work and I'm like, I cannot take another escalated call. Oh, I, I understand that. <clears throat> I think that's exactly think, what it is. Yeah, I think that the issue, though, is when you let people see it. And right. that's the thing. It's there's a, a an implied uh, professionalism that, you know, you expect every clerk to have. So, for mm -hmm. example, when I am meeting with a rancher and we are literally, literally knee deep in cow shit when I am talking to him, Whoa. Um, you know, I, I'm not like, oh, my God, this is the worst. This is seriously the worst. How can you do it? I just talk to him about what I'm there to talk to him. And then later on, when I'm playing D&D &D with my friends, I, I have to explain to them what the smell is and then I complain. So, you know, it's an issue of people letting the customer, letting the client see that aggravation. And that that is actually something that will hurt your business. Agreed. And it, there's, I mean, there's a problem that you run into. I've actually noticed this. I have worked at Gatekeeper Hobbies for the better part of 15 years. And there have been several different management teams and several different, you know, different configurations of existing managers. And I can tell you that comic book stores in general are often not run as a business yeah to the oh, point absolutely. where the current manager has you know he has a five-year business plan we have a meeting and he actually gave us a test 
in our last meeting. And he's like, here's just a here's a test. I want you to answer these questions the best of your ability. And it had questions about the gaming, the comics. It had questions about, you know, what's what's the store's profit margin? Who you know, who benefits most from the store? And I knew most of the answers. But it was one of those things that you don't think about it necessarily as a business because I'm focused on here's 500 Spider-Man comics that I need to get tagged and bagged. And Chris is focused on here's three boxes of Avacyn Begin Again that you need to get out and sell the booster packs and make sure everybody loves and, you know, run the thing. You don't necessarily take a step back and say, what is going to be the best plan for the long-term benefit of my store you think, oh, God, it's Wednesday. How am I going to get 800 books out, get the pull lists all set up before the people come in at noon and start bugging me to give them their stuff? There you go. There I go. Uh, Masuru Shishido, a.k.a. O-Red, in uh, the Sentai O-Ranger and Power Ranger Zero. <laughs> I love o moved from 90s TV actor to booze pur- purveyor. Yeah. In a new bar focused on genre television. He's actually my fifth favorite uh, Japanese Red Ranger. How many Red Rangers have there been? 36 now. What? Yeah. There have been 36, 36 seasons of Super Sentai. The latest season, uh, I don't remember the full title. Go Busters is the short version of it. There's a Red Ranger in that. My very favorite Red Ranger is Captain Marvelous from uh, Sentai Go Kaiga. I think it's uh, Kozoku Sunkai, Sentai Gokaiga. It's basically pirates. But, uh, you know, when you go through it, each season has its own thing. And I think that O-Ranger, which was translated into American audiences as Power Ranger Zio, mm-hmm. yes. was 20 years ago, at least. Because it came to America in, like, 95. So I think it was the 1993 series. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of regular bars out there, Shishido told uh, the news uh, reporting station. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do a bar done up after my color. The bar is covered with posters and signatures. It's also packed with Power Rangers artifacts and goods, some of which are very rare. But sadly, everything looks so tacked on, and the bar itself looks so incredibly pedestrian. Oh, that's me. <laughs> that's what be nice to old ranger See, I, I would go to this a bar. This is what the article at uh, Kotaku is saying. Oh, well, that's just mean. I, I would go to a bar run by uh, the Red Racer from uh, the Japanese uh, Car Ranger season that was actually a parody. Because every time he moved, you would actually hear sounds like he was driving <laughs> past you at high speed. And his whole season was all about teaching uh, car, sa- teaching automobile safety to kids. <laughs> that, cool. was, that was the Red Ranger's mission in Car Ranger. I've been working through your back catalog of podcasts and wanted to drop you a note to tell you how much I'm enjoying it. I have to drive from three to five. I have to drive from three to five every morning. Wow. That's uh-huh. got to suck. And major spoilers, critical hit and top five. Oh, crap. You know what? There's I forgot to do a top five this week. Oops. That'll come next. That'll come out uh, this week. Didn't we do one? No, we did one, but I forgot to release it. So oh, it'll come out uh, this week by the time you guys listen to it. You know. Uh, major spoilers, critical hit, and top five help make that go a lot faster and more fun. What specifically prompted me to write you, though, was an episode where you were talking about critis- uh, people criticizing you. As a writer myself, I have to remind myself often that if you're not upsetting someone with what you have written, it's not worth writing, and in many ways that is more true of reviewers than of news. Anyway, love your site and podcast. Thank you again, Elton Gar. I loved Rocket Man, Mr. Yep. Gar, and- and goodbye, Yellow Brick Road changed my life. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that there's there there's a way to take that that is absolutely true. My worry comes in when you write something specifically trying to anger or upset people. Oh no! Sometimes that's half the fun poking a stick. See, see I don't kind of I don't necessarily see how the bear like can get stirred up. I don't, I'm I don't, not saying you should do it all the time, but come on, there are enough people out there who love Rob Liefeld. Uh-huh. But if you make a Rob Liefeld crack, you're going to get them all to come out of the woodwork. Yeah, uh, that one's easy, though. Yeah. Although I, mean, although I will say that, and I totally didn't mean to, didn't actually mean to do this, but I got kind of a hornet's nest situation when I um, made a crack about Sarah Palin in one of my articles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. Very true. And 
definitely there there's something to that. I mean, you're going to have people talking one way or the other. There is nothing more depressing than writing something that you feel is wonderful and having no one respond at all. Well, and here's the reason for that. And I think I've told you this before off off show. Sure. But sometimes Matthew, what you write is way out there <laughs> that it is obscure that people don't know anything about it. So they don't know how to com- comment. They don't know about uh, Skate Guy or whatever that book was. First of all, Skate Man. Skate Man, sorry. But they don't know about Skate Man. So they well, have that's no why frame of I'm reference here. to go, oh, yeah, Matthew, sure. I remember that book. Here's my thoughts on Skate Man. Oh, nobody uh, remembers Skate then, Man. It's like then the other thing is, But then the other thing is, you know, if if you look at some other sites, what do they primarily focus on? DC and Marvel, right? Because that's the stuff that people are more knowledgeable about. People are, you know, if people at large are more knowledgeable about people at large are more interested in reading about the the latest news about Spider-Man or Captain America or Batman or Superman. They could give two craps about what's going on in Supreme. Yeah, maybe some people are. Now I'm sad. The Rob Liefeld fans. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> that is the same way where, you know how long I talked about Atomic Robo before somebody finally said, hey, wait a minute. Atomic Robo is cool. Stephen, of all the people in the universe, <laughs> Rodrigo and I know yeah. how long you <laughs> talked about Atomic Robo, okay? But, you know, it's, it's, just that, it's just that when you write about obscure things or you write about things that are not at the, uh, not trending... Uh, people aren't gonna people aren't gonna respond, and it's not because that they don't like it. Because believe me, when people don't like something, that's when they do respond the most. Yeah. Um, I, I recall it, our top ten episodes of Smallville by someone who never actually watched Smallville. Mm-hmm. That was a good I, one. Oh, I yeah, like that one. Yeah. That, yeah. That, but that was one that Smallville fans were upset by and felt like I was, you know, mocking their pain and insulting their show, and that was never the intention. So I mean, it's it's it's. It wasn't written to make people angry. When it did make people angry, I was a little bit mortified, but oh, psh. Eh, you know how it is. I'm because you were afraid of, that people were mad at you. Well, that wasn't oh, well, no. that, was, you know, was that really, it? really what it is is you know, you write something and it is clear that the people who read it, the people who are commenting, who is really your only sample about opinion, right? Uh, you know, entirely misread your article, they got something different. Yeah. From what you were trying to say. And that, that can be disheartening, certainly. Well, you know, when you write an article about something, but an example that you use inside is all that, that that's happened to me in my mm-hmm. gaming articles where I will use something as an example from a particular game. And then somebody will be like, well, if you just did that differently, it wouldn't happen. I'm like, well, I was just using that as an example to illustrate a wider point. Yeah. But if you did that differently, that wouldn't happen. Like, I, I, that's kind of what I'm trying to say. Sure. Right. Well, but I mean, do you write to make people like you? Is that your end goal? No. Okay. I write. Uh, yes, to, I do. To write. Well, I write. Yeah. I write to make you like me, so that you will give me money. <laughs> well, you're succeeding there. Hooray! So I am a good writer. <laughs> I don't do. And, and again, I think that it's one of those moments where, when you're sharing your nerdiness, part of it is out of a cry for validation. It's the, yes, your nerdiness is interesting to people other than us, other than just you staring into space. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think that that's definitely a part of it. But I feel like, honestly, I would rather have people go, yes, all right, that sounds interesting, or I've never heard of this, and now I'm going to go look at it, or you are stupid, than no response at all. But I don't necessarily want to make people angry. I just want to make people think. I want to make people go, hey, what about this thing? Did Neil Adams draw that? Because Neil Adams is a really good artist, but Skate Man was utter crap. Well, uh, you know, part of it is informing, and and that's really the ultimate goal, is to inform and entertain. But, you know, too often it's that extra step of, oh, I'm going to make a comment that you're asking people to do. If they're passionate about it, that's when you're going to get a response. Right. And, And passion is falls on two sides uh, of that big spectrum. On one side, they're passionate because they love it. Right. Like the endless Red Ranger references. Yeah. On the other hand, you've got a large group of people or another group of people that have a passion to hate that. Right. <laughs> and so especially, if you look especially at, Lord Zed, he hates the Red Ranger. Yeah, he does. He really he does. hates the Red Ranger. 
And so when you look at comment sections, it doesn't matter if it's on the Major Spoilers website or on, on, on another forums site, uh, CBR or Newsarama or whatever that is. That's where – and again, our, our I feel our people are a lot more um, – Civil? Civil when they disagree than some of the other sites. But the biggest arguments are because you have those two opposing sides. Right. Go in and look at all the people who just have a mediocre or ho-hum attitude about something. How often are they posting? Never. Because well, you know why? They've read it and they're moving on. It's, so it's, if you go in and you read uh, Skate Guy, Skate Man – Stop it. And Skate you look anything. at the number of com uh, number of comments. Roller guy. Roller dude. Um, roller dude, the review has five people that are like, oh, I can't believe you reviewed Roller Dude. That guy sucks. Why would you waste your time telling us about a terrible comic? And then you're gonna have ten people that say, Oh, roller dude, I remember how terrible that comic was. And oh, I have a fondness in my heart for roller dude. And oh, thank you for bringing back a, ch a cherished childhood memory that I have locked away for years and years and years. Um, so you've got those two, right? So if you just look at the comments, you've got five and 10. You've got 15 people that have read your article. Heck no. You go and you look at the log and you see 500 people have read your article. Well, there's 490 or 485 people. That just thought it was good and interesting and amusing, but and didn't have an opinion oh. on it, and they moved on. I think yeah. for me personally, when I'm commenting, like if I read an article, I only mm -hmm. comment on it if what I want to say has not been said yet. Right. Um, so I think a lot of the time people are like, I agree with this. But yeah. then they go in and they see somebody who has already agreed with it. And they're like, well, somebody has already said what I mean to say, so it's not a big mm -hmm. deal. Certainly the last thing you want to do as a commenter is to simply post a comment that says something to the effect of, I have no opinion either way, or, yes. <laughs> or I, have I am never not familiar this. with this property. Yes. Because That's that, that doesn't advance the conversation. Right. No, it doesn't advance the conversation. And like, like I have People always, do enjoy doing I've that. always believed that in the current vernacular, haters going to hate. Yep. Hater, yeah, haters going to hate. Somebody had asked, um, Somebody had asked the other day, or yeah, I guess uh, I was talking about how much we, we were going to talk about the Avengers in uh, the last episode. Uh, and somebody says, I don't understand why so many people are hating on the movie um, because of the Jack Kirby issue, you know, and the rights and family payments right. and all that stuff. Uh -huh. and, it, and my response is just like, yeah, haters are going to hate. People are always going to find something right. to dislike. As a reviewer, you can just let that roll off your back and say, eh, that's fine. Or you can say, hey, look, uh, this got a response. Uh, let's do more reviews of XYZ. Right. And, yeah, you know, eh, people, haters are going to hate. You're right, Matthew. Haters yeah. going to hate. Hey, gang, I took my son to free comic book day at Ultimate Comics in Durham, North Carolina. Cool. We had a great time. I even got Brian Clevenger to sign my Atomic Robo. Super nice guy. I want to thank Major Spoilers for turning me on to such a great book that is from Kevin. Nice. Good. I have yet to appear in any issue of Atomic Robo. Nice. Uh, hi, Stephen, Matthew, and Rod Rigo. <laughs> just thought I'd drop you an email. I just started a recurring $10 a month donation now. I can finally afford it. Yay, promotion. Yay. I'm going to donate $5 a month, but I, I was going to donate $5 a month, but seeing the exchange rate, £6.33 for $10, since I live in L Liverpool, UK... Uh, I have a Yorkshire accent, not a Liverpool one, <laughs> in case Matthew wants to give it a go. Shall I? I, I can, there are only two things that I can say that with any type of it's northern accent. Quickly. And okay. one of those is is Christopher Eccleston's catchphrase, fantastic. And the other is, one of, one of the beams going out skew on treadle. And there you have it. Meow, 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 Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> Jack wagon. So he went for six pounds, 33. I've been listening to a major spoilers podcast for years now and have never been disappointed. I'd started listening way back when your trade paperback review was the ultimates. Oh, I forgot we reviewed that on the show. Yeah, you did. know what? We really, you know, oh, here's a little inside baseball really quick. Uh, if we ever need to start a critical hit wiki, critical wiki. our new, uh, our new member, Adriana has like notebooks filled with notes about critical hit. I know more she notes actually, than any of us. She sent me a message this week and she asked me, she's like, what about this thing about torque? And I'm like, I do not remember that at <laughs> all. 
I, and so we need to create a wiki at some point with all of our podcasts broken down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to have to hire an intern. We may need to go back and review the ultimates again because I don't think I was part of the show then. And I have things to say about the ultimates. I don't think we reviewed that in the first 10 episodes. I started listening way back when your trade paperback review was the ultimates. And I've been wanting to donate for years and couldn't really afford it. But now I can. So here you go. Thank you so much. Right. I want to thank you, fellas, for Fella. all the many years of podcasts this uh this is the only podcast I've remained faithful to over the years, and it's because you guys seem to like my friends in the U.S. I never get tired of Matthew laughing hysterically at his own jokes. Or Rod- <laughs> See, there he goes. Or Rodrigo saying things with I what I always imagine up. are arched eyebrows, or Stephen and his inspired segues and, and your limitless love for the Batman. Uh, you guys make me interested to hear about comics and characters I have almost no knowledge or care of. Legion of Superheroes. Yet we'll very happily sit in here, Matthew, give the extended, extended history of a random character or team. There's only one extended in that email, sir. <laughs> you have added an extended to make it sound longer. <laughs> Redundancy As a mine. final thought, you don't review enough Fantastic Four. It's the world's greatest comic magazine. If you want to, want to give one a go, I highly recommend Fantastic Four Iron Man, Big in Japan, which is one of the funniest comics I've read, or Fantastic Four The, the End, which is a great final story for the Fantastic Four. I actually reviewed Fantastic Four The End, which I believe is that Stan Lee uh, Galactus story uh, when it came out many, many years ago. He's right, though. We haven't, I don't think we've ever done a Fantastic Four trade in the podcast. Probably Uh, probably not a trade. Mm -mm. I would recommend the uh, John Byrne Visionaries Volume 1, but Big in Japan is another good choice. What's that one about? Uh, it's about the Fantastic Four and apparently Japan. It's actually Fantastic Four Iron Man. And it's drawn by that guy, Seth, who fell off a building. Rogan? No. Green? No. McFarlane? No. Minus H, God of the Egyptian Pestilence and Deserts? <laughs> I hate you both. <laughs> I think that's Seth, though, I think. Yeah, yeah. Minus H. <sighs> <sighs> Thank you. That is from... Uh, uh, one of our <laughs> that is from Ihaz Ihaz Faruki, I believe. Faruki, Ihaz yeah. Faruki is how I would pronounce that. I may have made it up. Yep, there you go. All right, I think we've rattled on long enough. Thank you so much for all the kind words that everyone has sent our way over the last couple of months. We do enjoy uh, hearing from each and every one of you, and although we may not always be able to respond, we always read. Every email, every email, whether Even we want to or not, is where you're sending us pictures of your junk and stop sending us pictures <laughs> yes. of your junk. Rodrigo. <laughs> it was not even I, worth checking what, my was, text messaging anymore. It was spring cleaning. I had a lot of junk to show. <laughs> All right, everyone. If you want to see this show continue, you might want to make a uh, consider. You don't have to. You might consider making an ongoing donation to the major spoilers cause two, five or ten dollars a month certainly helps out. Here's the goal. People are like, well, what's your end goal? Here's my end goal. Every listener of the major spoilers podcast, every listener of the critical hit podcast, that number, which is a number (laughs) uh, does not. It represents a. Oh, I would say it represents one tenth of the entire people who visit major spoilers in a given month. Okay. If every one of those people donated $2 a month recurring, we had that number. Uh, I think it's like 30,000 people. Let's call it Donated 11. $2 a month this recurring. This to 11. Okay. Then we would all be able to quit our day jobs. We'd be able to do more focused things for major spoilers. We've got some cool things that I can't announce right now because I'm waiting for some things to uh, align correctly. Um, but, uh, you know, that money does help out and does help us move to our goal of... Uh, entertaining you right. with more podcasts, more reviews and more commentary, eventual about world domination. I don't think we're going to go that far. I uh, am. There's Rodrigo sitting over there. So you never know. Hello. The other way, if you can't make a, a donation, the other thing that you might want to consider doing is every time you're going to make a purchase over at amazon.com, head over to majorspoilers.com first, then click on the amazon.com uh, button there. It'll still take you to the same Amazon. You'll still buy the exact same products, electronics, uh, curling iron, uh, car parts, video games, tabletop games. Yeah. Anyway, also, uh, it's still the same great price. 
you have a critical hit or Kablamicus t-shirt, if you do not, then perhaps now is a good time to buy one from the Major Spoilers store. There you that go. is right. So click on that Amazon.com link. That'll get uh, same great price. We get a little kickback. Head over to Majorspoilers.com slash store. You can pick up Critical Hit t-shirts. You can pick up Kablamicus t-shirts. Uh, you can pick up a whole lot more in the near future. I've got to make a phone call to see what the status is of that stuff. All that and more Major Spoilers. We want to make you Hello? happy. Hello? What Anyway, that wraps it up for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. On the next episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast, always something interesting, always something fascinating, always something somewhat controversial. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too, and we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Bad Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page Would be backwards I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew They kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Be in the Middle East With a king sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers It's copyright 2012 uh, So Atari Force came out in 82 And every year on my dad's side of the family Especially growing up we would have these family reunions, usually in Cheyenne, Wyoming, where most of my family grew up. Uh, my dad's family grew up at a time. And so uh, my family has got the smallest number of brothers and sisters. Um, and I was at one time the youngest. My sister was the youngest, but I was of the uh, round teen set, the youngest. Uh, my uncle um, Chuck has got like four daughters and four sons. Uh, and they were all 16, 17, 18 years of age. Well, the big thing was we were all going to a camp park ranch kind of thing where you get to go out and ride the horses and go to a Vittles cookout, you know, kind of range Western style. But then you go back and you camp at your camper and everything. Right. So um, my cousin is a pretty girl and the young cowboys uh -oh. are very interested in the young girls that come out to their camp, the pretty girls. Uh -huh. She had to have been like 17, probably. Um, and the adults realized that, hey, if there's a nerdy 12 year old hanging around, there's less of a chance that things are going to happen. So uh, one of the cowboys invites the cousin and me to come back and hang out at his uh -huh. uh, at the uh, bunkhouse or whatever it was. 
Oh, and so the we story go over gets there. worse. And <laughs> I know this is really bad. So we get there, and you know, I'm just kind of hanging out, kind of bored, and I see some video games, and I start going through it, and I see this one for Atari Force, and I see this comic book in it. I was like, "Oh man, this is so cool!" And I'm playing the game a little bit and reading the con- Atari Force, and he's like, "Hey, yeah, man, why don't you just go ahead and keep that Atari Force book? I bet you if you could go back to your trailer and read that tonight, go ahead, take it." I was like, "Okay, awesome." <laughs> <Took it. laughs> <laughs> and yeah. no one saw the cousin again. <laughs> no, I was gonna I, say, she must have come back can, like she must have come back like ten or fifteen minutes later. She, she got was a little, all covered in butter and looked really confused. <laughs> so this this girl she was a little confused. I mean, she was a, got a little bit in trouble, but uh, she, so, was, uh, she was fine. I, I I really want this this story to actually be something you tell Mason. I was like, <laughs> and that's how your cousin Chuck was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's how I got introduced to Atari Force. And then I was so uh, mad because just... I think the first Atari Force comic was like only 12 pages or something. Mm-hmm. And it was just a yeah, little Yeah, they were insert. all really short. They were like four little – there were four yeah. of them and they were little quick insert books. I'm sorry. That story just really should have ended with – and every once in a while you can still see her on a milk carton today. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it turned out – I mean it was – he did it, it the right worse. way. Worse. He did it the right way. He used a bribe to get rid of the kids so he could do whatever the – Teenagers do back in 1982. Play so, Yahtzee? I'm sure they were playing something. Watch Surf Nazis Mutts Die? No, I don't think they were doing that much. So anyway. All no, right, let's record another just, episode. And as we get awful. through these... it What? Why is that an awful story? Awful story. Awful story. That's how I got introduced to Atari Force. <laughs> That's like what I'm talking about. That's a great story. That's like later we found her head over by the snow cone. But we didn't. She came back 15, 20 minutes later, gotten a little bit of shit. And we enjoyed the rest of our vacation. I got to build this whole thing up. And it's like, and then I had a comic book. I'm like, what? I know. He opened opened with, you know, how I got introduced to Atari Force. You had to know (laughs) that it was going to be an entirely deadpan ending. I might have right because he starts he starts getting into this story and is like oh yeah and there was this young cowboy and he had real sadness in his eyes <laughs> my cousin fell for him immediately <laughs> we went back to his dude ranch and <laughs> as we sat down to uh to chat a little bit he was always real gentlemanly clearly had no problematic intentions I found this video game. <laughs> And he said, hey, young chum, why don't you go play this video game? So I went back to my house and played the video game. Oh, I don't know what happened afterwards with the two of them who were clearly had clearly had fallen immediately in love. But Atari uh, 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 Force, dude. It's more about a Tory Force. Was, no one wants I, to hear about teenage sex. Come on. 